0: business reflections podcast my name is travis i'm back here with my friend and co-host brian how you doing man
1: i'm good man it's a a good day it's uh i enjoy coming on here and getting a chance to chat and uh, we're talking about things that i'm passionate about so it's it's good so today we're going to
0: talk about employee retention and i know this is something that just about every business owner or business leader uh, is, is interested in needs to know more about is, is probably spending a lot of man hours, uh, attempting to try to solve is just trying to understand how can we retain our top talent? And what we're going to talk about today is how do we retain our top talent when it's, when it really comes to, um, utilizing, utilizing employee benefits, you know, before we really get going though, I was doing some research today, Brian, and just kind of trying to figure out, you know, what are some of the, uh, effects of of turnover in in organizations and i and i read that it costs it costs companies 1.5 trillion dollars a year hmm. in unproductive hours with people who are unhappy and over a trillion dollars just in the process of replacing an employee who has uh who has decided to leave a company so this is a major problem so but when we get kind of get started today How have employee benefits evolved over the years to meet the changing needs of of the employees?
1: Yeah, that's a lot of hours and money uh, spent on something that uh, I dare say many employers don't pay enough close attention to. Um, And so, and this is something, I mean, I could talk about all day. You just point at me when I start blabbing (laughs) on and uh, you need me to shut up. But, you know, employee benefits have have been around for a long time. Time. Um, I, I was looking the other day at something, and I think maybe the very first kind of pension program was put in place where, uh, you know, soldiers who fought for independence uh, that were wounded, and it was kind of a passing of a hat. So, and then you fast forward to today, uh, today's environment, and the benefits that we have today are, are really would be unrecognizable. Um, and so it, it's done a lot of evolving. Uh, but there's just been kind of this this tension uh, between kind of employers and employees that really have driven this employee benefits desire uh, over the year. Uh, employers, like I said, have always offered some sort of benefits. Um, and when we talk about benefits, we're talking about from pay to pet insurance, right? And so um, and as our history is is was written uh, and continues to do so, businesses have adapted. Government has, tremendous amount of influence along the way uh, kind of trying to balance the tension between employer and employees. Uh, We see the industrial revolution where employees were more so just expendable items. Um, And then we see the government stepping in to kind of uh, manicure or manage and and put things in place because employers uh, were not. Uh, So as the needs really changed these push and pull factors uh all the way down to small businesses were really at play. Uh and some benefits have evolved, um, but some kind of have went in and out of style as as time really passed on. I think two real big examples of of some of these changes uh, can be traced all the way back to really World War 2. So going into World War 2 um, or you know once Pearl Harbor is bombed and and uh, Roosevelt finally puts uh, his, his hat into the ring uh, saying, yes, we're getting involved. And then you have this massive takeover by the government and industry is all bent towards producing items uh, for war. And you really see everyone at work. Everyone is somewhat happy. Victory Gardens and all kinds of different mm-hmm. things are taking place. And, and so you really see just a get after it mentality um, but we are also start to see wage caps and, uh, there is some kind of, uh, a little bit of division, uh, between employers and employees, but for the most part, the government really squashed it. And then as we get out of World War II, uh, we start to see some of the very first fringe benefits becoming more common, um, employee health insurance driven policies, things of that nature to go along with pensions. Um, and so that's that's some of our bigger changes as history has marched on. And then probably in the 1990s, uh, the almost the 2000, uh, we start to see some, some really top-notch kind of management training programs. Actually, my wife was in a management training program when she first got into the industry. And it was one of those programs where, you know, you're selected, uh, you're groomed, you're kind of put through this whole process to become... Um, you know a top-tier manager in that organization uh, but she was actually in the last class of that management training program because it was costly uh, mm-hmm. it was expensive and they just didn't see the value of it and then we start seeing the decline of kind of uh, development programs and organizational leadership and the emphasis then becomes more on the the kind of tangible benefits that we all think about medical dental vision things of that nature and then today, you know, in 2023, we kind of really see a changing of the guard. We see this younger generation coming in and they want uh, different things. Uh, they, they're they looking at more at experiences, uh, more at, you know, how is the business taking care of me? Um, and yes, those traditional benefits are still there. That's kind of the foundation, but uh, it's, it's certainly evolved over the years for sure.
0: Absolutely. You know, it's, it's very interesting to me that for benefits to be around as long as they have been, they're still probably one of the most misunderstood, feared items to talk about as a business owner. Um, so, so while it's been around for a long time, it's still something that a lot of people see as a, a very unclear, nebulous thing to, to talk about. So, in what ways do uh, the comprehensive uh, employee benefits play a role in attracting high caliber? Of talent to organizations. And I just want to preface this, you know, we're talking about small businesses. Sometimes it's really challenging for a small business to hold on to a, an, especially a high, um, a high caliber employee, just because of the, the size of the business, the opportunities that it can offer. So um, benefits is going to be a key piece there.
1: Yeah, of course. And, and you know, it's Probably great future podcast episode, really kind of what, what does small business uh, have at their fingertips that a large business doesn't? Um, and so they do have access to benefits uh, all the way down to the, to the one person, the one owner shop. Um, and so, but there's lots of other things that they have over big businesses, but a comprehensive benefits package is, is something that you're just going to need to develop. You're going to have to work towards. And when we say comprehensive, we, we're kind of really talking about three things, um, kind of a, a health and wellness benefits. These are the things we think of as medical, dental, vision, uh, et cetera, time off benefits, uh, kind of our, our second thing, vacation, sick leave. Um, you know, things of that nature. And then kind of financial security benefits. So 401k, disability insurance, which that's a largely understood uh, insurance product for sure. Disability, we, we think, well, I'm never going to be disabled. But really, it's income replacement mm. uh, if you are disabled. Uh, life insurance. So health and wellness benefits, financial security benefits, and, um, you know, those, those uh those uh, time off benefits are really our three kind of comprehensive areas. Most of these items are are absolutely necessary. I mean, or uh, potential employees are just really not going to give your company a second look. You've got to have something there. Uh, People are are just absolutely uh, looking for health and wellness benefits period uh, every day. Uh, Unemployment rates are are very low, uh, very stable at the moment, Uh, and so and we're starting to see where uh, employees are moving from different companies based on some of these smaller, nuanced benefits. Um, you know, because if Company A has health, Company B has health, but Company A is now doing uh, some type of tuition assistance reimbursement or something along that line, um, they'll they'll jump ship and move over. And companies know that. They they know that it's going to take a little bit more to kind of uh, persuade that employee to come on board. Um, and we just kind of live in this, this all-or-nothing culture, and employees would rather almost go without than not get everything they want, um, mm-hmm. which always blows my mind. You know, people call in, and they're, hey, you know, I want to put an insurance plan in place, and I show them some options, and they're like, well, these aren't really what I want, and uh, I'll just go without, which, you know, just really can't wrap my head around sometimes. But, uh, and health insurance is typically the first benefit that em- employees consider when comparing job, job opportunities. Um, you know, medical expenses are a huge stressor for employees as part of that comprehensive package. Uh, for that matter, it's a huge stressor for employers as well. And those expenses uh, for the, on the medical side are the number one cause of bankruptcy. So medical insurance, health insurance, employer paid health insurance is a big must uh, for employees looking for that. And then on top of that, they, they want to just be feel they want to feel taken care of. Uh, employees are, are looking for, um, you know, how is this company thinking about uh, kind of us as a whole person, so to speak. But that's kind of a comprehensive, you know, a, a game plan to have in place. Um, it, it plays an absolute huge role in attracting, because as an employer, generally the, your first step forward is a pdf or or something in Mm -hmm. uh indeed or something like that trying to capture somebody and they're looking at all of these bullet pointed items uh that you have that you you bring to the table
0: Hmm. you know one of the things that i uh i've really enjoyed about on some of our conversations and it actually came up that you have actually had the opportunity to work now with around a thousand businesses if not a little more you know, so you've been exposed to a lot of good, a lot of bad. You've gotten to see, uh, successes and failures and kind of seeing what things look like when they're done right, and when they, what they look like when they're done wrong. Uh, can you share some examples of companies that have successfully leveraged benefits to attract that top talent?
1: Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's certainly there's a tension between employer and employee that, that exist. Um, And as employers begin to attract uh, and look for, you know, specific folks, especially in today's world, they're, they're looking for folks that they can kind of drop in perhaps. um, And they got to make sure that their best foot forward is presented. And so uh, we've seen companies where um, they have a a massive retention problem. Uh, They're, they've got, you know, just as many going out the back door. Uh, as they do coming in and and then of course they're struggling to attract as well Uh, there's a delivery company that we've got that just comes to mind that uh, has a a tremendous amount of turnover and as we kind of approach uh, christmas time obviously they're they're attracting and beefing up kind of their their delivery folks because you know packages are flying left and right out the door this time of year and they really had a, a massive retention problem Um, And so we just kind of sat down with them and talked through uh, what benefits they're offering, what they can add. Um, And then more importantly, probably the big levers that we asked them to pull was how the communication took place of those benefits offered to their people. And so they've got a pretty young workforce. And so something as simple as uh, sending the kind of enrollment email and some of the benefits information, uh, to their personal email or texting their phone made the biggest difference, right? We were sending things to their work email and nobody was checking their work email. Uh, and so when we started communicating to them where they communicated most, then we started to see some some really good traction. And we saw double enrollment. Uh, we're starting to see retention, um, you know, their, their turnover rates slow down. Um, and then, of course, their traction, their foot forward is is increasing because now they kind of know how to leverage those benefits that they've got and we've seen little pieces little bits and pieces here you know after all we work primarily with small companies and so uh, most of our companies are going to be kind of 20 employees or less probably our ideal company is somewhere around 10 employees Um, and so really just kind of making sure that the employers are in front of the employees and advocating and talking about what they offer And so we've seen a tremendous amount of success uh, in traction with some of these examples where uh, you know the employer was kind of hiding um, behind the benefits i don't understand why you wouldn't want to put the benefits that you offer out front and center and then continue to remind your people of what you're offering and how to utilize Mm it it it, it goes a long way. And so there's just some of the examples we've seen of folks kind of leveraging what they have and dropping in some smaller things that fit the needs of their people better. Um, and just simply by asking them, what do you, what do you want? You know, what kind of benefits do you want to put in place? And so we've seen some pretty good traction there.
0: Yeah, that's, that's true. And I mean, so, so one of the things that I'm very curious about is because, You know as you look at benefits there's so many different things out there there's so many different plans different things you can bring like you said there's there's things like pet insurance there's a lot of unique opportunities out there but what are some of the specific specific benefits that tend to have a a greater impact on retention
1: yeah so your traditional benefits are always going to play a huge role Uh, those kind of you know big benefits health dental vision life disability Certainly, uh, but some of the things we're starting to see now uh, as unemployment is low uh, and it's much harder to find uh, these key employees. Um, employees can, are starting to look at, at companies uh, more than just for a paycheck, right? It want, mm-hmm. They want to be uh, in a position where this is somewhere that I, I grow and I spend time at. Um, employees want to, want to feel taken care of uh, with that comprehensive plan. Yes, health care. But also, they're looking for work-life balance, right? What's your your vacation policy, right? Mm -hmm. Do you, what's your PTO? How much how much PTO do I get, and and do I have to wait forever to get it? And uh, this kind of mentality of, hey, you need to be here 15 years before you can really start. Uh, receiving some of these things are really starting to go by the wayside mm-hmm. um, because the reality is... Not many people stay in that long. Right. Line. <laughs> they're not going to be there 15 years. And so, um, you know, that that generation is past uh, mm-hmm. where, you know, when my mother comes in and she's, she spends 30 years doing that same job, and that that's just not the case these days. Um, people are looking to grow and have an avenue of uh, being their own boss perhaps someday. So, yes, traditional benefits, but... You know, are, are you looking or are employees looking at your company as a paycheck? Or are they looking at your company as a place to grow? Mm. And how are you growing them? And that's what's going to retain them, challenging them, um, trying to push them forward, uh, giving, letting them give input. So really the things that we can do as employers or small business owners is, is not always money driven. Some of these things are just, you know, speaking to your folks in a manner that, that kind of puts them in the driver's seat. So it's, it's, it's important for sure.
0: Yeah. So, so one of the things I love about, uh, about upstream is that not only do, do we focus on, you know, the health insurance and the, and the big, the big, what you consider the big ticket items that we, that companies needs to work on. We're also f- focus on more of the non-traditional benefits. What are some of those things that you, uh, have seen that are non-traditional you'd say are outside of the norm that could help uh, contribute to employee retention
1: absolutely so you know one of the things that we started doing um was trying to design programs that fit the needs of of some of these companies uh, leadership development you know when you're when you're taking that frontline employee to maybe that managerial position uh, you got to have something in place to kind of groom them to fit in that spot Maybe they were great at, at making the widget uh, or servicing the the one item, but managing people is a whole nother ball of wax. And so you really gotta help them understand that from a leadership perspective. Um, uh, you, Travis, have worked on numerous effective communication kind of seminars and programs, and because we see communication as a huge problem, mm-hmm. um, you know you got to be able to effectively communicate. There's so many poor decisions being made on poor communication, and it's just this kind of, uh, you know, multiplication factor. So leadership development, effective communication strategies, um, you know, just trying to kind of go into the company and say, what organizationally, uh, what does that work-life balance, and what's the career path, right? Where are, you know, where can the employee go? Is, is, Is the best they do? They show up today, I'm a concrete cutter, and... Ten years from now, the best I'm going to be is a concrete cutter, uh, or is there some type of path that I can I can continue to move towards? Um, you know, you've shared some of the things that you've been doing lately, Travis, and putting in those kind of incentive programs. Can mm-hmm. uh, if you if you move through this step, then you move to this particular place, and maybe you pick up uh, a raise, and then there's just there's this infinite amount of steps to move the employees forward, and um, and it's okay if if you literally you're grooming them to take your job. Yeah. Right. You know that's that's a perfect opportunity, and so uh, what better what better way to show employees that you care that hey you you can have my position. So certainly some of these non traditional things are, have become very important.
0: Yeah, I think it's even important to say that for some small companies, you know you you may be able to uh, help them grow, and that might that growth may eventually take them outside of your company. You know, I w- I've done some work with a couple of a, a couple of small companies and, and and the reality is, is they didn't have the they don't have the 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 size to need a, a more, more than a couple of levels of structure in their organization. And I said, well, you know, if you get two to three solid years out of an employee and then they move on and, and continue to grow, not not only have you gotten two or three solid years out of that employee, but I said, you also have someone. Who's going to be a, the biggest cheerleader, the biggest recruiter for your company coming back and saying, you know, hey, you know, what? I don't work there anymore, but they took good care of me. This is where you need to start. This is where this is where growth happens. So there's just lots of opportunities uh, to, to grow those things. So, so we kind of wrap up, what what emerging trends, what are you seeing uh, as, as emerging trends for employees? What do you see happening in the future? What are some things maybe that uh, that you see happening on the horizon that's going when, when to change with coming retaining talent?
1: Well, I think one of the the biggest things that we talk about uh, about at Upstream continually is you know what is that next step? What what is the kind of the future? We don't have crystal balls, but the reality is is uh, benefits are expensive. Uh, they're they're a necessary item, but some of these more uh, kind of uh, leadership development, things like that are becoming increasingly more important. So we certainly think that is the trajectory of the, of the future. The reality is, is employers have to begin thinking about their employees more than they're doing. So now, yeah. uh, they got to reduce the tension. They got to kind of, uh, move that tension out of the air, um, because the, the employee brings him or her whole self, his or her whole self to, to work. Uh, the employer wants them to show up and just just be their work self. Yeah. But they're bringing their challenges, their successes, their greatest moments, and so there's things that we need to be responsible for as in employers uh, to kind of help develop those folks. And yeah, you can push back and as the employer and say, you know what's my it's not my responsibility to to develop you or grow you. Um, it, it's your job to come in here, collect a paycheck, and and build the widget. Um, well, that's one way to look at it, but that's not a, a long game strategy mm-hmm. uh, because employees are looking for, well, you know, how are you taking care of me? I've recently read a survey where uh, employees uh, increasingly are getting to the place where uh, they're looking at the employer as uh, wholly responsible for developing them. And uh, how true could that be, right? So it's You come in and give me 40 hours and I give you a paycheck. You spend a significant portion of your life at Upstream doing Upstream-related things. Mm -hmm. And so I have a responsibility to help you grow and develop you. And so employers really need, as we move forward, to kind of focus on reducing that tension between the employee and the employer and build that culture. Um, You know, let your employees in on what you're doing. Uh, So they have ownership. They've got stake in the game. I think we should stop hiding everything and pretending that the employer is the only one holding the power because if the employees are not there, guess what? What you don't have, right? You just, you don't have a business. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, so we got to really start thinking about the employees uh, from a, from a growth mindset and how to help them grow and develop. I think it's important.
0: Yep. That's, that's absolutely true. So as we wrap up today, uh, Ryan, you got any final thoughts for us?
1: No, man, that's it. Uh, episode two here. In the books. books. Yeah, yeah. And so <laughs> it's, it's getting better. Uh, and so we'll keep talking about this. Um, we're laser focused on small businesses.
0: Yeah, that's absolutely true. If you want to find out more, you can check us out at, uh, at upstreamadvisorygroup.com. Or uh, and pretty soon you'll be able to check us out on social media. That's all coming in the near future so we look we thank you guys for joining us on another episode and we'll catch you guys in the future
1: awesome be well